Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders podcast. I am your host, Craig Dixon. It's been a while since I spoke to you guys. Thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, we're here at the NHL trade deadline. Uh, NHL trade deadline is this Monday. Many of you listening to this probably on Monday morning. It's later today at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time uh, when that's it. You can't make any more trades amongst the NHL teams. So uh, what's the big news for the Islanders going into this? Um, I haven't spoke to you guys in a few weeks. Uh, I've got a couple things I could go over. Uh, there's been six games actually since the last time I spoke to you. So I'm already becoming a terrible host of a podcast here by neglecting the masses, but here I am. Uh, yeah, but in all, in all honesty, there is, we do have the trade deadline. There's some arena news that has to be, uh, talked about a bit, uh, a couple of head scratching moves by the Islanders organization here late Sunday night. Uh, hopefully nothing else breaks before I release this episode tonight, or, you know, I have my phone here, so maybe something will happen. Who knows? Maybe something will happen, and you'll hear hear my reaction as it happens. Uh, so yeah, so let's start off with, um, the, I mean, the NHL trade deadline is, uh, it's approaching, so there's not much time left. There's still a couple guys out there. Islanders have been relatively quiet, uh, since the, uh, the trade started trickling through across the league. Uh, the Islanders did announce that they made two small minor uh, transactions that the fan base, of course, naturally would overreact to in true Islander fashion. Uh, Islanders Bridgeport uh, Islanders signed Bridgeport goaltender Jeremy Smith to a one-year contract, uh, two-way deal. Um, I think it's just a procedural move, nothing nothing really to look at here, uh, and Dennis Seidenberg has signed a contract for the remainder of the year with the big club, uh, so he's no longer on the professional tryout. Uh, again, fan base is expecting big names, saying, you spelled Matt Duchesne wrong, and stuff like that, so, you know, it's, it's funny, but, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of overreacting going on right now. Dennis Seidenberg's not going to play this year. Uh, if he does... It'll probably be in a situation where the team already clinched and they just don't want any injuries going into the playoffs. Uh, you could think of think of the uh, 2016 season when the Islanders needed. Uh, they already had clinched a playoff spot. They weren't really sure who they were facing, um, and they had the likes of Bracken Kearns in the lineup. Uh, Ross Johnson made his NHL debut. I believe Alan Quine also made his NHL debut and actually made it such a great impression in like a one, two game stint that he actually ended up playing in the playoffs that year and scored, uh, one of the biggest goals in the last, uh, <laughs> 20 years for the franchise. So I wouldn't worry about a Dennis Seidenberg signing contract, signing a contract here. He's probably going to play in one game towards the end of the season so they can rest Boychuk and a Pelic and a Mayfield, give them, give them, Give them a day or two off, uh, especially in a situation where they have clinched. Maybe they already have their seating figured out. I don't really, I, I really don't think there's going to be a problem. I'm sure Spies will be in there for that for that exact scenario as well. Uh, the Jeremy Smith signing, um, I mean, I, I guess it's just an indication that he's probably the go-to goalie in Bridgeport now. Uh, in my defense, I do not watch Bridgeport. Uh, I would love to. I very came very close to getting that that great uh, package that they have for AHL TV uh, to watch just the one team that I would care about following the Sound Tigers. Uh, but from what I've heard, uh, uh, Christopher Gibson's had kind of like a mediocre year from the uh, as from a from a goaltending standpoint, especially in the AHL where the you know the scoring talent isn't up to par with the NHL talent. So. 
uh, I guess it, it might be an emergency move. Um, you know, something happens to somebody in the playoffs, like Grice or Leonard gets hurt. You need another backup, um, and I guess they're just preparing in case that situation does come up, um, that they're only choice isn't just Christopher Gibson and now that they have Jeremy Smith. That's that's the only reason this this move was made. Uh as of as but as of right now, I'm I'm recording this on nine nine thirty on Sunday night, uh on trade de- uh trade deadline eve, if you will, and Islanders haven't done much, just signing a couple of guys. So there is uh there is a little bit of anxiety amongst the fan base. Uh not a lot uh you know fan the fan base has been through this a lot. Uh, trade deadline is kind of like a moment where we hope for something great to happen. We don't really expect it to happen. Then the actual trade deadline comes. A lot of people get their their expectations kind of go through the roof, maybe in, tw- in like a 20, 48-hour span, 24-hour span. And then we kind of like we let our guard down and get a, we get excited for, oh, guys are on the market. Maybe we can make a move. Maybe this is our time. This is... Uh, but you know, this is a different era. This is the Lou Lamorello era. Uh, somebody uh, earlier today tweeted out, this is the first, uh, trade deadline the Islanders have had with not, with not having Garth Snow and Mike Milbury in charge since 1996. So it is a different, it is definitely a different feel to this one. Um, you know, the jokes aside about the Seidenberg and Jeremy Smith signings, um, I wouldn't put it past, uh, Lou to put, pull one under, uh, pull off of something un something we w- didn't see coming uh the islanders have been linked to you know uh mike hoffman they've been linked to panarin i mean it seems like since they announced that he was going to free agency uh we got uh i mean there's still a lot of guys out there a lot of trades have already tr- uh trickled through a lot of them i'm not sure if you want the islanders making a similar trade um it- it's it's really hard to say though because the Islanders have been a, uh, I mean, I mean, just think about the last couple of years. You have uh, Islanders trade deadline moves, especially in playoff teams. Um, trading for Tyler Kennedy, uh, trading for Michael Neuverth, uh, trading for Shane Prince, uh, and I'm not even gonna count Brandon Davison or whatever his name was last year, because they weren't a playoff team last year. But like, the recent Islanders playoff teams of 2013 2015 and 2016 are not really not really an indication of what's going to happen this year I mean it's a totally different general manager I mean he's a Stanley Cup winning general manager we have a Stanley Cup winning coach um both going to be future Hall of Famers so it, it, it is different and I get I get the anxiety, and and the thing is, Garth Snow, all those years that he was in charge, hoarding prospects, not giving up guys, and not not making not making the kill it like the killer move to make the team better because he was afraid of losing out on top prospects. It's like, but he wanted he was basically a copycat Lou Lamorello. Like he didn't want things to he didn't like things leaking out to the press we've never really been experienced to a te- uh, uh, to an islanders team that's uh like news got kind of leaks and things kind of fall apart and and trades make it to the uh you know to the to the twitterverse before it happens and like and then we actually replace him with the actual Lou Lamorello so it's like you know like Lou does does have a history of making trades. Uh, it's but you know it's not it's not every year. I mean, you look at the the history of the Devils. You look at the 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 four years he was in charge of the Leafs. Um, it's it wasn't always 
it wasn't always he went for and he made the right moves. I mean, like there's every general manager makes mistakes. Every general manager maybe regrets not making a move or make regrets making a move that he did make. So it, the Islanders are in a tough spot right now. Uh, Islanders are sitting in first place in the Metro as of this. As of this, uh, Capitals are. Two points behind them, but the Islanders have a game in hand or two above, uh, over them. So Islanders are still in good position as long as they keep winning their games in hand. Um, but the team is flawed. Um, I mean, since we left off, I mean, the Islanders have won three games, but they've also lost three games, one in overtime. So, you know, there, there's clearly holes in this team. They they have not, as I said last time, they're, they, have the, uh, they had a cushion where they had the uh, they they gave themselves enough of space to withstand a mini losing streak and to an extent they have um they haven't particularly played bad there have been stretches of a few games where they looked downright awful um the game against Calgary was probably their worst effort of the entire season um and they could have won that game they actually tied it at one point so but i mean the team has shown signs of slowing down um you know their pdo luck is still it's still a major factor they're getting great goaltending which is you know propelling them uh grice has been great leonard has been great um you know a couple clunkers here and there but aside from you know bad showing in calgary and a bad showing in edmonton um, the Islanders are a good team, but the problem is just like the 2015 year, we don't want to be making the, the Shane, uh, or the Michael Neuwirth move or the, or the Tyler Kennedy move again. Like we just can't afford to do it. And a lot of people, I, I, I mean, I've seen Twitter. It's been kind of, it's been kind of split right down the middle. Islander fans, want to make moves, they want to go all in and go for a Panarin, they want to go all in and get a Hoffman, but then there's a section of fans that don't want to do anything, they they think it's too high of a cost, yeah, your first round picks are very import, are very valuable, um, you know, they don't want to give up a Dobson, they don't want to give up a Wallstrom or a Bellows or any highly touted prospects, so, like, I get it, that there is a fine line, um, I know, you want to, my personal opinion I'm tired of waiting. I'm honestly tired of waiting. I'm tired of this team hoping that their their shrewd uh, trade deadline moves of doing under-the-radar third-line players swaps and backup goalies is... It, it, I'm, I'm tired of it. I want them to move on. I want them to go for it. I want them to acqu- go for a second-line winger. Go for a first-line winger. Go for it. Go for one of the guys on the trade bait lists that are on like TSN every day go for one of them I mean teams are pulling off trades left and right and uh, you know uh, you look at some of these trades and you kind of think like wow how did the Islanders not get involved in this um most notably and this one kind of annoyed me the most um more more than any other one like Duchesne went to Columbus uh on February 22nd but that was like a that was a pretty heavy deal um I mean for him to go for a first-round pick, two legit prospects, and then basically a first-round pick and a conditional first-round pick if he were to re-sign, that's a huge cost. And I get not making a move like that. Uh, There's no guarantee that Duchesne is going to stay in Columbus. But the problem is Columbus is one of the teams that's chasing us for the first place in the, the Metro division. And that worries the hell out of me. So while I get not making a trade like that is scary and... 
at the same time, you kind of go like, well, Columbus is about to lose Panarin. They just traded for somebody who they're not sure if is going to stay, and they also got rid of possibly two, one to two first-round picks. You know, you go like, I mean, I'll give the general manager of the Blue Jackets credit for fucking going balls in. He's going balls in. The guy's, he's going for it. He knows he's losing Panarin. He knows he's probably losing Bobrovsky unless he has a change of heart. And they're going for it. I mean, I thought that was it. I Like, when I saw they were making a trade, at first I thought they were going, like, they were doing a Panarin for Duchesne swap, and I would have just completely destroyed Twitter. But, no, that's not what happened. It was Duchesne for, for two prospects, two highly touted prospects, a first and a conditional. Uh, and I thought Columbus was done then. I thought they were like, all right, they'll gear up. They'll, they'll take a chance on Duchesne, hope that that pushes them over the limit. But, no, it wasn't it. They they they, they pulled off another trade and got another top guy on the trade on the trade rumor, bait list, whatever you want to call it. And they got Ryan Zingle from Ottawa again. So, I mean – it's it, it, and and I don't know if this is a price I would pay. Uh, it was for Anthony Duclair and two second round picks. Second round picks are tend to be they tend to be worthwhile. I mean, uh, they're really hit or miss. They're people who sometimes slip to the from the first round to the second. Uh, I two second round picks does seem like a bit of an overpayment. I'm not sure though. I'm not. I, I'm never been a big fan of Zingle. I know he's he's got skill. I know he's but he's like, a, a, what, a best a 40-point player, maybe a 50-point player with the right team, line mates? I don't know. You know, it could be he could be the next William Carlson for all we know, you know, just suffering on a bad team, and then he gets traded to a good team and maybe it becomes a great trade. Maybe that is maybe that turns into a great trade. But I don't know, but, like, it, it's bothering me to see Columbus going all in, even with their fucking tire fire that they have going on with their free agents. It's, it's bothering me. It, it's honestly bothering me. And it's here now, almost 10 o'clock on Sunday night, and the Islanders haven't done anything. And, you know, we lived through the Garth Snow years. He didn't, he never made a big move. He made one big move in his first year as general manager when they had no prospects. Their prospects that were their quote unquote top prospects were not even that good in Ryan O'Mara and Robert Nielsen. So. Yeah, cool. Going for Ryan Smith in your first year, that's the kind of move I want to see right now. Honestly, I, I mean, the Islanders don't need first-round picks. They got basically three first-round picks last year. I know they technically only had uh, two, but, you know, Bodie Wild was somebody who could have been drafted in the first round. Oliver Wallstrom is a great pick. He's having a, a tough year in college or wherever he's playing. Uh, but Noah Dobson seems like he's going to be a stud. So, you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world to miss out on a first round draft pick this year. Sure, it'd be great to have one, but it doesn't necessarily always work out. I mean, the Islanders' history alone should show you that first round picks don't necessarily mean anything. Ryan Strom is playing as is playing for the Rangers now. Uh, Griffin Reinhardt can't even sniff the NHL. Matthew Dalcole took five years to develop, and he's at best a third liner in the NHL with two goals in his career. So let's let's not like hold on to these first round picks like they're these golden child the islanders are not going to get a top 15 pick sounds like they're going to depending on where they finish at the end of the year they might end up with the top 20 pick top 25 pick hell they go all the way up to top 31st pick those type of picks don't usually turn out to be superstars maybe you can you find a you get a lucky diamond in the rough in the mid mid rounds like 10 to 15 like a matthew barzell or 
you know, Dougie Hamilton a couple of years ago, although he's kind of fallen out of favor lately. But I, I'm just tired of hoarding these prospects. It's time to go all in. The Islanders are an organization that has been suffering for for 30 years of not being able to pull off the right moves for trading good players before they were before they were good. It's it's frustrating as a fan to see this. So um, I'm not going to criticize Lou yet. I'm recording this before the trade deadline is here. Um, you know, by the time this comes out, maybe by the time you're listening to this, something might have happened already. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's but it it, it is it is very it, it's concerning. Uh, other trades that fell through that I thought the Islanders maybe should have gotten on, and this is the one that probably annoyed me the most is uh, Zuccarello goes from the Rangers to the Dallas Stars for a conditional second round and a conditional third round pick. I feel like that's a that's a trade the Islanders could have made. Maybe the Rangers didn't want to give Zuc- maybe they like Zuccarello so much that they just didn't want to give them to their rival. They don't want to help out their rival. I don't know. I kind of went off on a tweet storm about the Islanders Rangers uh trade history, which if you don't know, they've only made two trades in history. Uh 1972 they made a trade. Uh Islanders got one of their defensemen, I believe, and he played 22 games that year and retired at the end of the year, and the Rangers got cash. Uh, and the other trade was a uh, draft pick for somebody in 2010, a low-level trade that never happened, and that was it. Those are the only two trades in Islanders-Rangers history. Now, I know last year the Rangers made a trade with the Devils, second-round pick for Michael Grabner. So I, I think that the, the stigma of trading to a rival is, should be over now. The Rangers still have a player without term left in Kevin Hayes. I, I, I guess that's somebody who could fall into the category of what the Islanders need, but I just don't... He just doesn't seem like a fit on this team, so I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Islanders and Rangers are, just aren't meant to make a trade ever. Uh, a couple other trades have com- come through. Uh, that was the... I mean, a big one today was a conditional first-round pick for Brandon Montour. Anaheim and Buffalo trade? I, I mean, first-round pick? Are you serious? Uh, the, a couple, uh, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan. I, um, the Charlie Coyle trade from Boston to Minnesota, I'm sorry, from Minnesota to Boston, uh, that's a trade that I, I, I don't know. I have no, I have no opinion on that. I don't know how Ryan Donato is going to turn out. I mean, he seems to be the headliner of this because the only other pick involved was a fifth round pick. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's been a kind of a quiet 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 trade deadline uh carl Hagelin went to the washington capitals uh we talked about duchene going to the to the blue jackets um and nick jensen went to the washington capitals who then signed him immediately just a weird weird trades trade and sign I, I don't know ben lovejoy went from the devils to the dallas stars we talked about zook and we talked about zingle Montour we talked about and that's that's pretty much it like no, no big names have moved not all big na- most of the big names haven't moved yet um oh yeah and Cam Talbot went from Edmonton to Philadelphia and he still hasn't played for Philadelphia yet so I mean I, I don't even consider that a big trade I, I know Cam Talbot was a big he was a big news he was a big uh player a couple years ago but the dude hasn't won in like two years so let's stop acting like this is a big trade um 
it's it's just weird to see. It's like we're less than 24 hours uh, from the trade deadline, and there's just not a lot of action. Mark Stone is out there. That seems to be the guy everybody wants. He's the one on top of uh, TSN's trade bait list. Uh, I mean, if you can get a Mark Stone, you go for it. That's going for it. The price has got to be... It's got to be extremely high. Uh, he's got twenty. He's got twenty-eight goals and sixty-two points on the season. He's only twenty-six years old, but he's the unrestricted free agent, so it's a pure rental. Um, I would love for the Islanders to go all in on something like that. I just don't know. I, I don't know if the Islanders even have the assets to make a trade like that. Sure, they have a first, maybe two firsts. Get it done with a highly touted prospect in Wallstrom, um, and then maybe like a more closer to NHL ready and like Kiefer Bellows, but it's like, do you really want to empty the cupboard for such a trade and then not have any first round picks as well for a guy that could leave? Like, sure, maybe the, maybe they do resign him. Man, that's a tough trade in my, in my, if you're going to give up those kind of assets, you got to go for Panarin and Panarin's, Panarin's a game changer. Let, let's like, some people say he's not elite. I don't know who the hell doesn't think that he's elite. He's one of the best players in the league, uh, sure, he's, let's look at his stats right here, he's got 24 goals and 67 points on the season, and basically is the same age as Mark Stone, uh, yeah, Mark Stone is right there in the, in the scoring pace with him, but, man, if you can get a guy like that and convince him to stay, that would really soften a blow of John Tavares leaving last year, but then, you know, you run the risk of just going through that whole cycle all over again, um, other guys still out there. Wayne Simmons, I don't see him as a fit for the Islanders. He's too old, too slow. Islanders have enough guys like that, especially with Andrew Ladd coming back. Uh, I talked about Hayes before. I don't really see that. I don't see anything happening there. Uh, Gustav Nyquist has been briefly mentioned with the Islanders a couple times. Um, he's having a very good season. Uh, he's not like the youngest player, but again, he would be a pure rental. He's up to 48 points on the season on a pretty bad Detroit Red Wings team uh some people think Marcus Johansson would be a good fit for the Islanders I don't really see it I don't see how they could fit another guy like that he's finally healthy he's been I feel like he's been hurt forever uh he's got 12 uh 12 goals 27 uh points on the season not really I'm not really digging that one uh I don't see how I I, I feel like the Islanders are gonna get Derek Broussard for some reason I don't know why uh, Broussard got recently traded from, uh, uh, where did he get traded from? He got traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins to, uh, the Florida Panthers, but the Florida Panthers are selling right now. They want to make a big splash in free agency. So they're going to try and sell Broussard anyway, which doesn't make any sense to me because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year anyway. So they could just keep him. And I, I mean, it, it makes sense that they want to have, I guess it makes sense that they want to trade him. Sure. Uh, other names that have been mentioned, not, not, the thing is not, for some reason they think Josh Hosang is going to be traded. He's got nine points in his last three Bridgeport games, had a hat trick over the weekend, was named the player of the week, but only after playing two games. So I don't know, maybe Hosang upped his value. Maybe the Islanders are just kind of, kind of highly trying to tout him a little bit more and maybe to get him out of the system. I don't know. I don't want to speculate with Josh. I, I, I'm a big Josh, Josh Hosang fan, but. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't. I honestly don't see him being traded. I don't. I don't think they'll get a good return for him. And you know, he is a former first round pick. Uh, he has a hell of a lot of talent. I don't think it's the right move to just get rid of him like that. 
you know, Hoffman's been a big uh, – Mike Hoffman's been mentioned a lot. He's got 50 points on the season, 26 goals. He would definitely be a boost for this Islanders team. I think that's the kind of trade they can make. He's not – He's not. it's not a sexy name like Mark Stone or Panarin, but Hoffman's a good player. I know he's got baggage with his wife. There was some ugly, bad blood when, they were, when he was still in Ottawa, but he's in Florida now, hopefully the time away from the – what seems like – toxic uh, Ottawa situation uh maybe maybe that cleared him up maybe that cleared him and his wife's or his girlfriend's uh situation up Adam Henrique is out there uh I don't know if Anaheim's gonna sign him I feel like they are because they just re-signed Silverberg uh recently so it's possible that they could still trade him um there's not many names out there that are really enticing like the it's just the few guys I mentioned, um, not a lot of names have been linked to the Islanders. Um, that's kind of the Lou Lamorello way. Uh, I'm not expecting. I'm really, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I really want them to pull off a massive trade and go all in. Uh, at the same time, I'm not expecting it, though. I'm really not. Uh, I'm expecting a low-key trade. Maybe Nyquist is the move they make. I don't know. But we'll see. We have, you know, There's a couple hours to go before the trade deadline really is here. Uh, so, I mean, let, I, there's a, some arena news that we can talk about. Um, nothing, nothing that you haven't heard about. Uh, I just figured I'd throw you guys my opinion on it. Uh, the Islanders announced uh, last week that the first round of the playoffs, should they make it, will be played in the NYCB Live, home of the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Um, and should they advance, they would play all remaining games in Barclays Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn's Barclays Center. Uh, so yeah, it's not the best decision. It's it was a it was a business decision, and I understand that they, you know, they're citing that the Coliseum doesn't have the like the uh, the space and the equipment to fit the national television broadcast because apparently the first round will just be carried by like MSG and MSG Plus. And the second round would then go turns over to like NBC, uh, NBC Sports and NBC. Um, you know, they get national coverage, which you know it makes sense. Um, you know, so I, I get it. Um, I'm happy they're gonna have some playoff games in the Coliseum. I know I'll be there. I'll definitely be there. Uh, I'll be there tailgating. I'll be there helping to rock the barn. But it it, it is still a disappointing you know, announcement that they made, uh, when, when they did announce it, I was kind of, uh, I, I wasn't sure how the Islander fan base would react to it, I, there was, like, a bit of, like, yeah, we're getting playoff games at the Coliseum, but, oh, well, if they advance, they're gonna play in Brooklyn, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, sure, the tailgating is something that they'll lose out on, should they make it to the second round, I mean, let's, let's not make assumptions that the Islanders are gonna even play a game in the playoffs, and, Barclays Center. Doesn't matter if the Islanders finish in first place. The Islanders were a wild card team when they eliminated the first place uh, Buffalo Sabres a couple years ago. So, you know, let's not act like it's a given that these games are even going to happen. Be happy that we're going. Be happy that we're going in an unexpected season. A team that had zero ex- a, a, a team that had zero expectations making it to the playoffs itself is an, quite an accomplishment. And they are in a good position to make it maybe more special but you know let's 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 temper expectations and be happy um there was also a report that the Belmont uh arena is going to be at least the review process is going to be delayed they're going to give a 
at least a couple more weeks of uh, public uh, feedback uh, and the, basically doing the outreach for the Belmont uh, community. So you have like another couple days to voice your opinions if you want to email the uh, Empire State develop, uh, uh, developers or whatever they're called. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I saw a lot and there was this article in the Long Island Business News that kind of slanted it was very heavily slanted because they only interviewed people from Belmont who basically hate the project and don't want anything to happen, uh, uh, the NIMBYs, if you will. So I wouldn't. I I know Twitter was freaking out about it. It doesn't seem like it is a huge big deal. Um, for some reason, the Horse Racing Insider account has been very pro this project and has been kind of like. A beacon of lights in Belmont, which is so weird because it's a, it's a horse racing like uh, website, uh, but you know they they have a strong play in it. I mean Belmont racetracks right there, you know. Uh, so it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. It's new. We live in New York. We live in Nassau County. Um, I know it's state owned land, so everything in New York takes forever to build. It just it just does. This is part of the process. I'm sure they had I an idea that this was gonna happen. Um, you know, I don't think it's an indication that the project's falling apart. Um, sure, there's going to be a lot of backlash. I know Amazon just got basically booted from going to Long Island City, and there might be some aftermath of that that also affects the Belmont situation. But I'm honestly, I'm not too worried about it. It is, you know, it is, it's a little concerning that it's not moving along as quickly as we want, but it's not the end of the world, the Islanders. And New York State, uh, the development company is going to, they're gonna, they're gonna take their time. They're gonna do it right. They want to listen to the community. They, they want to be able to show the community that they are doing their best effort to make sure that everybody is pleased. Not everybody is gonna be a hundred percent pleased, but there's gonna be some compromises. Um, so whether whatever they do, I'm sure it'll have some effect on the surrounding. Uh, development, uh, including like the out, like the I, I know they're supposed to have some kind of community center, um, so maybe it'll have some effect on that. It's gonna take time. I mean, uh, the traffic survey is gonna be a nightmare. I'm sure it already has determined that it's gonna be a nightmare. I mean, the Cross Island Parkway is already a disaster, and then you're gonna build a hockey arena on there in rush hour. People are trying to get the games, so I get it. It's gonna. This isn't gonna be. It's not just like you can't just go to a. You're not buying a store. And just moving your moving your franchise there, like no, you're building something bigger, something bigger for the community. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, it just sounds like it's going to be a delayed a couple more months um, until groundbreaking. So it sounds like maybe groundbreaking won't be in the spring, but it might be in the like midsummer, early summer. So I wouldn't really worry about it. Um, maybe start worrying about it if we get to that point and nothing's happening then. And then we get another delay. If we keep getting delayed, then that's something to worry about. One delay very early in the process is not the worst thing in the world. As long as the hockey arena is being built eventually, it won't be a big deal. Uh, other other news, um, you know, I, I haven't I, – I, I told you guys I wasn't – I really wasn't around this week. It was hard for me to watch the games. Uh, I mean, let's talk about Casey Zizekas. I mean, Casey Zizekas, since the last time I spoke, he's got one, two, three, four – Five goals in his last six games, uh, including two against Columbus. Uh, boy, man, that contract that Snow signed, that a contract extension for Zizekas, suddenly some doesn't seem so bad. Uh, I I was looking at my my past Twitter history. 
talking about the Zizekas contract, and I was pretty against it. And I was like, well, maybe if he, maybe if he finds a scoring touch, he'll uh, he'll figure it out. And then last year, when he just wasn't, he didn't, he was struggling last year. I was, I kind of, I kind of shot all over the contract. But I mean, go ahead, prove me wrong. I want to be proven wrong. Uh, so Islanders. Uh, I mean, just to recap a little bit, um, that loss to Buffalo a couple weeks ago, that was a tough one. Uh, Islanders fell behind early, one nothing. It felt like almost instantly. Uh, I believe, yeah, and I, I think the Islanders were kind of just not in that game. They just, they didn't have their pass. Their passes just seemed off. Um, they had a chance. They were down. Zizekas got the only goal of the game. They were down 2-1 late. And Leonard gave up, like, not a soft goal, but, like, a goal, like, kind of like a heartbreaker. Like, they were buzzing late in the game. They were pushing, but it was just too much, too little, too late. And I think the, a goal with, like, less than five minutes left kind of sunk them. They lost 3-1. to one. Uh, Maybe one of the biggest games of the season came a couple days later against Columbus. A big 3 nothing win. Grice with the shutout. Sezikis had two breakaway goals, and Bailey got broke his long scoring streak and scored as well. So that was one of the biggest wins. I mean, Columbus, as despite all of their struggles, are hanging in there. They're in a playoff spot as of right now. Um, so that was a big win. Uh, the first win against Edmonton, which was the last regular season game at the Barclays Center, Islanders won five to two. It sounds like a blowout, but it was an empty netter. The game was a lot closer. The Islanders. Kind of seemed like they were like they let their foot off the gas a little bit. They got goals from Pulak, Filpula, Barzil, Lee, and Nelson with the empty netter. Um, you know they they almost they almost let that one get away. I know Edmonton pulled into three three twos, uh, pulled into one. Uh, sorry, I'm speaking poorly today. Uh, pulled within one uh, three two, but the Islanders uh, ended up finishing that one off. Uh, the game against Calgary was one of the worst games of the season. Uh, fell behind very early to nothing. They seemed dead at the water. They were being outskated, outchanced. Every pass they made was off. They just were sluggish. Um, I don't know if it was the delay between the games in Edmund, uh, in Brooklyn and Calgary. I don't know. I mean, it was a bad flight. Who knows? Uh, they still managed to tie it despite not having their best effort on goals from Sezikis again and, and Anders Lee, who then... Lee is heating up a little bit. He has three goals in his last four games, so that's good to see as well. Um, you know, and then then the rails just fell off. Uh, they just couldn't stop the bleeding uh, once Calgary took the lead again. And that was pretty much it. It became 4-2 in that game. Again, I, I said on Twitter the other day, one of their worst games of the year. But, hey, they can't win them all, right? Um, you know, then, then you get a little scared now. Uh, they, go, they go back to Edmonton. Now they go to Edmonton to play. Uh, Islanders had a lead in this game. They were winning 3-2. Let the, they let Edmonton tie it late in the game. Lost in overtime on a Connor McDavid goal. Lee, Nelson, and Clutterbuck with the goals. Um, this was a frustrating one. I, I, I will say it. Staying up late. There's nothing worse than being on a New York or East Coast sports fan watching a team. Watching your team go out to the West Coast. Staying up late. Watching the game. To have them lose a game like that. And it kind of just like enrages you, and it, it's like I know I had a hard time falling asleep that night. Uh, it was really frustrating. Uh, they were a couple minutes away from a win, and, and they just let it slip away. But in the interest of the NA, the you know the post lockout NHL, Islanders do get a point. They 
needed a point. It, it sucked that they only got one out of, of four possible points in those two games. Uh, and they kind of made the, the game in Vancouver last night a huge must-win game because they can't afford to keep getting one point or no points. So Islanders thankfully came out with a lot of energy against Vancouver. Um, I feel like Vancouver is just out of the game as soon as Zeke scored the opening goal. Uh, I know somebody on. I, I know they had a breakaway. I, I was watching this game in the bar, so forgive me for not remembering all the details of it. One of these games, I was also in Pennsylvania at a bachelor party, a little, a little intoxicated. So please forgive me for not remembering which game that was. <laughs> I think that was the win against Edmonton uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Islanders just dominated the the Canucks uh, last night. Uh, Leonard got the shutout this time, so. Sezikis, Pulak, Beauvillier breaking a long scoring drought, and Clutterbuck scoring uh, again. Two, so Nelson's got two goals in his last two games. Lee's got three goals in his last four games. And Sezikis has five goals in his last six games. Uh, Bailey is still struggling. He scored that one goal. Brock Nelson has two goals in his last four games. One was an empty netter. Uh, Barzil is just... I don't know what they're doing with Barzil right now. They, they, had, they have the line blender thing going on with Leo Komarov. And Thomas Kunakel. That's that's the biggest indication to me that it's time for the Islanders to really strike a trade here. It's really frustrating to see a guy like him. I was talking to my buddies about this the other day. Like the Islanders had John Tavares for nine seasons, and they severely underused him. Right? Um, you know, they had him play with the likes of Brad Boys at a time. Played with Corey Conacher. Played with uh, I'm forgetting people like. Pierre Marc Bouchard at a period of time, and like Tanner Fritz a little bit last year. So, like, yeah, sure, we made fun of that all the time, but he always had like one line mate that he always clicked with. So, yeah, sure, he had one bad pairing, but the uh, one bad uh, line mate, but the other one would always be good. He had his, you know, he had the Pierre, uh, uh, I called him, P- I mean, that is his name, uh, PA Parental years. He had the Matt Molson years. He had the Kyle Poso years. Um, I'm definitely forgetting somebody, you know, last year he had Bailey and Lee. Um, so it's like, sure. Yeah. Like, okay. Barzil is experiencing that right now, but he's playing with two of those guys. He's playing with Kunakal and Komarov. That's not going to get them out of his scoring slump. I I mean, those guys aren't going to score goals. What is he going to do? He's Barzil's a setup guy. He's not a... I mean, he, he has the ability to score goals. I feel like eventually he will erupt into a goal scorer, more of like on the 30 to 30 goal scorer eventually. He's not there yet. He's still a young guy. But he's a playmaker. Right now he's, a, he's an assist machine. Like, why are, you putting, why are you centering him with these two schmucks? No offense to Thomas Kunakel and Leo Komarov. They have, they have roles on this team. You know, I think Leo Komarov should be a third-line grinder. Uh, he is, but why is Matt Barzil being neglected, re- relegated to the third line? I kind of even like the other line that they try with uh, Filpula centering um, Bailey and uh, who was it, Bovillia. I kind of like that line. That was that was an interesting line. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing here at this point. Uh, and it, nothing really coming out it's been a pretty quiet trade deadline i've had my phone ready here in case anything else popped up but i'm getting nothing uh i think i should probably start wrapping it up uh if the islanders pull off some kind of trade tomorrow if it's a significant one i might do a recap 
but I think it's time to shut this down and move on to hopefully talking about some playoff hockey. Uh, Islanders are currently in first place in the Metro Division with a 36-18-7 record. They have two games in hand on Washington, who are two points behind them. And Columbus is six points behind them. Uh, same amount of games played, 61. Uh, the playoff picture is just changing ever, ever da- daily. Uh, Pittsburgh's currently not in a playoff spot, and Carolina has jumped them because they have the playoff uh, tiebreaker in regulation or overtime wins. So... Otherwise, they're completely tied. They both had 72 points. Um, It's probably time to wrap it up here. Thank you for tuning in. Please rate and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and if you feel so inclined, podcast.com, which is where I host the website. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Craig J. Dixon. Follow the podcast account at Belmont Skates. Follow us on Facebook at Belmont Skates. Islanders have a couple games coming up this week. We got Calgary on Tuesday night at the Coliseum. The Islanders return home. Then the big, huge game against Toronto. John Tavares' return in on Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. It's going to be crazy. I am going to try and get there. Then they have another game the next night uh, against Washington, which is another big one, chasing them in the standing. It's a big... Big schedule coming up. Calgary walked all over them the other day, and there was a little bit of bad blood between the teams. Uh, there was a couple of scraps in that game. No fights, but it just seemed like this that was a precursor to what's going to happen on Tuesday. Toronto is obviously going to be a raucous environment. Washington game is huge. Uh, and then they play Philadelphia, who is still kind of in it. Not really. They're kind of running out of time here. But, you know, it's a Philadelphia game, and, you know, the Philadelphia fans are going to come out for that afternoon 3 o'clock game at the Coliseum. Uh, And then the Islanders go out to Ottawa, play uh, back-to-back against Ottawa next week before returning home against Philadelphia. I'm hoping to be back tomorrow. I would love to record another episode tomorrow, but I don't know. Are the Islanders going to do anything? We'll find out. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope to... Give me some feedback. What do you think of the show? Should I have a guest? Should I have a recurring co-host? Should I start doing prizes? Uh, Let me know. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks for tuning in. Again, this is Craig Dixon, and let's go Islanders.